The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my program today, Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd, coming to you from Orlando today and on the line with me. Coming from South Florida, Marina Hoffman Willard, a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University, and she has been on my program at least a couple of times before. Welcome back, Marina. Thank you so much for having me again. Orlando is a special place, many good things happening there, and it's great to talk to your audience again today. It's always great to have you on the line. I know that we've talked about your book in the past, and I definitely want to bring that back up. You and I had a meeting on the phone planned for the week leading up to Mother's Day uh, and the uh, sad events in my own life that took us out of being able to do that and uh, uh, an emergency trip to Indiana for my mom while she was in the hospital, and then her passing, all of that kept this plan from coming together. So we're going to talk about that in arrears, if you will. We'll get up to date with you on what all took place on Mother's Day and your wonderful book about the women in the Bible. That's just great. But Marina, uh, in addition to being a professor, uh, you are also now, and newly so, involved with Moms for America. How did that happen? Well, you know, Mike, when I was actually on air with you back in the fall, we were talking a bit about courage and faith, and I gave some examples of the incredible things parents have done across the country and how I was particularly inspired by stay-at-home moms who were getting involved in their children's education and actually making an incredible difference and being a voice across America. Well, would you believe that I was invited very last minute, the day before an event at Mar-a-Lago, here in Palm Beach County, it ended up being Moms for America, and they got up and said that they were behind so many of the education system victories over the last few months. So, Mike, I was amazed that I had been talking about some of their accomplishments without realizing they were the organization behind it. And one thing led to another. I was inspired in Orlando when I attended CPAC, and I really said I want to do something. Let me just start by gathering women together like-minded women who can gather around the values of faith, family, and freedom and see what God can do. And Mike, we started off as just one friend and I about two and a half months ago, and now we have about 60 people uh, going to attend our meeting tomorrow night. When you get people together, it's incredible how God moves and how we can inspire each other just by being together. You know, there was a time, Arena, when moms— and dads, for that matter, uh, were reticent to enter into this whole thing of involvement, not only with their children in the idea of, uh, as you said, you were so encouraged by homeschooling, just remembering that uh, back in the early 80s, there were still a number of areas in the country where that was considered to be not lawful, to train your children at home, to teach them, to keep them at home. They would be considered truant And there were parents that were, if not arrested outright, uh, threatened with arrest. And I think there were actually probably many who were arrested just for wanting to train their children at home 
and pulling their kids out of public school. It's really hard in this day and age now, isn't it, to think that that took place, but it did. That's what the atmosphere was like when Cindy and I began to be homeschoolers in the mid-80s. Yeah, you know, it's funny how so many people, when I say I'm a homeschool mom, they think that I'm different and I'm going against the grain. But all of your listeners who have ever had a child in their life will already know that home education is the default and is the norm. It's been the norm throughout history, and it's still the norm. How did our children learn to eat, Mike? How did they learn to walk? How did they learn to say their first words? That was parents and, and other guardians impacting children through home education. So I always say home education is always going on. It's just a matter of time. And some families, they have less time with their children, some more. I'm so blessed to have pretty much 24-7 with my daughter. But home education is always going on. We always have an impact. We always have an influence in our children's life. That is so beautifully said. You're right. And even with that fact, though, I think there are a lot of moms that don't realize that they are eminently qualified to train their kids. I don't know that they realize that they are already doing all of those what would just be standardized things that have been taught to our kids. Because when they're born, they didn't know how to walk. They didn't know how to eat themselves. It's, It's all done by mom and dad at that stage. Yeah, and there are so many myths, aren't there? And I think, Mike, you really nailed the number one myth that I hear from other parents is that they're not professionally trained to be teachers. And what a sad lie that is. First of all, we are all gifted by God to show who Jesus is to our children through our example. And that is number one. And we don't need to jump to number two. That is number one. That is the most important priority. And if God has given us a child in our life, however that comes about, whatever our role is, aunts, uncles, grandparents, God has given us a platform to share who he is. And second of all, all these other things, Mike, what's really important? How many of us as adults use our calculus in our daily lives. Right. <laughs> I do not feel pressured to teach my three-year-old all kinds of math. The math she needs is enough math skills to buy things at the store, which she does. She always buys and she counts the change. But you know what? She doesn't need to know calculus if she's not going to be an engineer. You know, we see this thing called experts, the, the mentality about experts. It, it's touted in the media and it's brought to us by governmental leaders. And, and I believe that a lot of America have bought in. They've bought into this notion that it, it has to be left up to the, quote, experts. Like you said, those that are professionally trained in college, uh, maybe postgraduate studies. And, and yet, how much, how much do we need to know to train a kindergartner, a first grader, a second grader, you know, uh, I believe that parents are, are just buying into something that they shouldn't buy into, that it's not right, it's not accurate, and there are much, in fact, I would go so far as to say there's not going to be another teacher that can do as good a job as what a mom could do training her own child at that stage because no other person is going to be able to have the same heart, the same vision, the same commitment, the same dedication, and like you said, even the same time because they're with us 24-7 or, or when they're not in school and they're only there for a couple of hours. And we all know that what happens at home is, is the big thing, good or bad. It's the big aspect in terms of training. Isn't that right? 
That's so true, Mike. And I think we can add on to our heart for the children, knowing who they are. You know, anyone with a few children, and I only have one, but they know even though they're all their children, two and three children can be so different from one another. And that teacher in the school, they don't know the ins and outs of every child. And when you picture a classroom, what do you picture? A teacher talking to maybe 20-some kids, maybe 30-some. Imagine the difference when you have one-on-one time with your child and you know who they are. You know if they're the type that's meticulous or if they're more of a big picture person. You know if they want to focus or if they like to do three or four activities in an hour. So just there's so many skills we have as parents, and it's a lie to think we don't have the ability to train them, whether full-time homeschool or just all the aspects of life, of socializing, of being polite, of being kind. We're schooling them all the time, and how beautiful that this is really coming to light, isn't it, Mike? There's The lies that we can't do this are finally being destroyed. They are being destroyed, and ironically, one of the silver linings that came from COVID is the fact that so many parents, whether they wanted to or not, whether they were ready or not, they became homeschoolers in a way. In, in the sense of uh, their kids coming home to do the studies. And some of it was online. I understand that. Some of it would have been homework that's prepared from without uh, that household, but brought in. But at the, at the end of the day, those kids were still at home and they were doing their education at home. And I, I think uh, there have been a number of parents who have seen already the advantages, the good things that have happened in their kids' lives. And just that a freedom to bring their kids away from all of the pressure that happens when you're in a peer-oriented classroom at a uh, maybe a, a early middle school level or whatever. When you have that freedom from that kind of peer pressure, why, it's a big deal and a lot can be regained in the relationship between parents and their children. Yeah, and during the lockdowns also, I can say Moms for America and what they are doing exploded because they're all about moms. And as you said, as the role of parents in their child's education exploded unexpectedly during these lockdowns, Moms for America really exploded too in terms of their resources and support for moms. And I think, Mike, I can add myself to that list. I started to realize I myself need support. So I think we're talking about Uh, the empowerment that God has given us as parents. I think the other side too is there is a sense of needing support, at least for me, Mike, and how beautiful, again, when we can find friends that are doing the same things as us, trying to homeschool, we can learn from each other. So even our topic here is one of the real reasons I got involved in Moms for America. And just, I think, putting out a call to support our parents, however they're homeschooling, however they're teaching their children, to come alongside them and support them in practical ways is a powerful way of reaching the next generation. You know, we're seeing, Marina, we're seeing a, I believe, a bit of an awakening that's happening in the area of parenting right now across America. When I think of Loudoun, Virginia, when I all that the parents were going on and getting back involved in school board meetings up there, and just kind of putting their foot down and saying that we're not going to keep doing what we've been doing. We're not going to do what you're saying, and we're not going to continue to allow this kind of stuff that's going on in the schools with curriculum, with CRT, with the whole teaching of transgendered uh, thought, and and you know the the whole the whole cultural mess 
right now that's out there. Parents are saying enough is enough, and they are getting involved, and that's kind of what uh, is happening with Moms for America, right? Absolutely, and I think another whole area is parents are, and people who care are running for school boards. We've seen this all across the nation. I can talk to my own Palm Beach County. It's been a liberal stronghold. I think most of us in Florida realize that, and yet the tide is turning, at least to the degree that we have candidates who are strong in faith and family, and certainly might reflect our values. So what an opportunity for us to come and support them to take out the vote, right? I can't believe I'm saying this, Mike. You know I'm a Canadian, (laughs) but it is true, right? We can make a difference in our vote. And if you feel that one vote doesn't matter, that's, I think, a legitimate concern. So why don't you rally um, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 other people to say, hey, we're going to cast a vote for the people who share our values and put a little time into it. You know, I know one initiative in Orlando is Moms for America is putting out voter guides, real simple information on who the best candidate is that follows the values of faith, family, and freedom. It only takes a couple minutes to look it up. It does take time and effort to vote, but what an investment in the future so that the situation we found ourselves in or that was revealed during the lockdowns never happens again. I agree. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be wonderful if uh, all of the crazy things that's happened, not only with uh, the pandemic, but with the progressive left's big moves and all the stuff that happened in 2020, wouldn't it be great if a wonderful silver lining outcome is that moms and dads are suddenly reawakened, re-envisioned, repurposed in the goal of training up their children as the Bible would teach us to do. And we're to do that, uh, and as in Deuteronomy 6, we're to do that wherever we are with our kids, at home, or when we're going down the street, or when we're in a car on the way to someplace. It, it, that training never ends. It's not like a school bell and it starts and another school bell and the class is over, the day's over. Our kids can learn 24-7 in a very wonderful way, a very loving way, a very protected way in every way, culturally especially. But uh, that's something that is just going to be a wonderful outcome if we uh, continue to see this trend happen. And for those of us who went to school in the 80s and 90s, I think we face a challenge because we didn't see our parents teach us, right? The only models of teaching and parenting really in terms of education is coming from a classroom setting and a teacher. So we face challenges being a homeschool generation now that's rising up. But how beautiful, Mike, that wherever we're at, resources or not, we have God to lead the way and God to strengthen us. And I think just being humble and talking to our parents, right? The grandparent generation and saying, Hey, can you help me? Can you pray for me? Can you just pray that God guides me every day? And you know, Mike, a little practical way that shows in my own life every morning, I try to be humble about it. I pray in front of my daughter with my daughter. And I ask God, Lord, help us in all we do today. Show me your way. Help me to exemplify you. Help me to be patient and kind. I think patience is my weakness, Mike. And I pray that right in front of Willow. Lord, we give you our day and all the things we're going to do and inspire us to know you and your creation. So, you know, wherever we are, how beautiful that in the Christian faith, our weakness is sometimes a blessing, Mike, because God's strength then shows up 
in a way that we could never do it on our own. I agree completely, Marina. You know, I'm, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering, who is this wise woman that's on Mike's show today? It's Marina Hoffman Willard. She is a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University down in West Palm, but she's also involved, as you're hearing now, with Moms for America and uh, a, a very strong advocate uh, for not only parenting is Marina, but also now in this whole idea of homeschooling and the benefits and the necessary, uh, I believe, completely necessary role that parents and only parents can bring to that table of that child. It's their presence in that child's life that is going to make the ultimate difference. You know, Marina, I remember years ago hearing a leader say this phrase, I never forgot it. He said this, more is caught than taught. And I believe that is true. Our kids catch more from us than they'll ever get in their lives by just what we say. But when they watch mom and dad do exactly what you're talking about, when they see mom humbly pray and ask for wisdom, and you know, it's the trying of our faith that works patience according to the scripture. So we know that there are enough things in every day in this time that we're living in that we're going to become more patient whether we are trying to or not because everyone's faith is being tried right now. And that is exactly what is happening. But isn't that the truth? Our kids catch more from mom and dad in just everyday life in those non-special moments, or at least it seems that way to us, they catch more than we know. Yeah, and you know, I think it can be really frustrating and discouraging for parents who have maybe older children, they've gone away, we can call them prodigal children, just children that have not gone in the way we taught them. And I think that's a hardship that every parent carries with them every minute of the day. But I find so much encouragement in what you're sharing, Mike, because even when it's not evident on the outside, even when their behavior doesn't reflect it, still, we have been the strongest voice in their life. And we just need to keep praying that they come back to the roots that we have established for them. And some children will choose their own path. And that's hard and that's sad. Great heartache for parents. But how beautiful that we know no matter what happened in their life, that strongest voice, the deep down example that will always be with them is our example of being Christ-like and the knowledge that they live every day under the covering of our prayers and love. Oh, that is so well said. Marina Hoffman-Willard, my guest. We'll be back with Marina for one more segment. Don't go away. You're on Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd. So great to talk to Marina Hoffman-Willard on the line today. Marina is a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University down in South Florida, but she also has a lot of connections, obviously, not only through Palm Beach, Orlando, Palm Beach Atlantic's, uh, they have a wonderful campus here, uh, but, but also with what we've been talking about, her involvement with Moms for America, and they're going to be coming in for a conference. Before we talk about uh, what we were going to talk about last week, Marina, uh, on Mother's Day and, and the, the pictures of women in the Bible from your book, uh, tell us a little bit about this conference that you're going to be in Orlando for. Absolutely. It's at the Rosen Shingle Resort. It's Florida Parent Educators Association. So it's a conference for homeschoolers. Usually it sells out at about 20,000 people. And it starts Thursday, May 26th in the morning and goes all the way to the end of Saturday, May 28th. And there's a special event, um, on a few major events, one of them Friday morning is an event with the governor 
and we will be giving his wife the award of Mom for America. So that will be very special to us. Your audience, Mike, will know that she's a cancer survivor yes. and a woman who really believes in faith and family and has lived that out in so many ways. You know, it is so great, isn't it? I mean, I talk to people from all over the country, and I don't believe there's anyone in the country that does not know the name of Ron DeSantis or his wife, Casey. And it's just wonderful to see uh, the what they refer to often as the free state of Florida lead the way not only in uh, freedoms that we all enjoy, and I'm so grateful for that, but also in these things of family values, as you said, because that's really at the heart of what they're fighting for. And they're taking on, as we all know, they're taking on major corporations and doing so with courage and I believe with great grace and, and class. And I am just so thankful that Ron DeSantis is our governor. Yeah, and Mike, you know, I come from Canada, so I know what it's like in the last two years to watch freedoms erode so quickly and how strong am I on not just being thankful for the free state of Florida, but fighting harder than I've ever fought in my life. Because, Mike, we lost the freedoms in Canada in part, Mike, under my watch, and I left it to someone else, maybe a lawyer, maybe a politician. It wasn't my fight. I was busy. And look what happened, Mike. So I personally will never let that happen again. And for all those who love our freedom, let's stand behind those who are making it possible. You know, we uh, lost a lot under our watch back in the early days of uh, the 60s with uh, my parents. And I remember being a, a great schooler and being lined up every morning. Uh, and we would pray a prayer every day at public school. Can you imagine that's what happened every day. Our teacher was great. Not only did they teach prayer, but they also talked about what we have been discussing as family values and things that are just out of the word of God, whether they're directly or were directly quoted or not. That's where they came from. They came out of the word of God and those values were taught by our instructors. I can't think of a single teacher I had when I was a young man in the 60s in middle school or was elementary school where we were uh, all the way up to eighth grade. It was elementary school. I can't remember a single one of them that would have been anything other than one who would tout and teach and believe in family values and biblical principles. I can't think of a single one. But just a few years later, that same school where I attended as a young man became much more, I guess you could say, influenced or invaded by the progressive thought, and it showed up in the lives of young people in fifth and sixth grade who were suddenly doing things, much more worldly things than I ever saw or ever viewed when I was there, just in about three years' time. So that just goes to show, you're right, there's been a lot of people asleep at the wheel a lot of freedoms have eroded while it's under the watch. We let it go with prayers going out. Then in 73 with abortion, Roe v. Wade, we are praying that this time could be a, a monumental time for that battle and asking God to help us with that one. But these are amazing times. They're difficult. It's like it's like Dickens said, it's the worst of times. It's the best of times. It seems to be a combination of all of that, doesn't it? Yes, and we keep going forward, don't we, in the strength of the Lord and in God's boldness to take a stand for truth, because now is our time. Maybe we let things go in the past, 
but now's our time to stand up for the next generation, to bring truth, to bring another voice to the conversation, and to exemplify a different lifestyle through our words and actions every day. Wow. I'm, I'm so grateful that there are people like you in schools. Uh, you're at Palm Beach Atlantic University, and you're a professor, and you're doing it at that level, at the uh, collegiate level. And I'm so grateful for you, Marina, and also just so thankful for your example as a mom and what you're doing for Willow and the kind of life and exemplary actions that you're taking uh, and living for her to see. She's going to grow up with all of that in her mind as a basis, as a foundation for her life, and it is going to make a huge difference. Now, we were going to be talking last week about Mother's Day, and in particular, uh, I'm really disappointed. You know, I came four days short, Marina, of being able to celebrate one more Mother's Day with my amazing mom. She passed away Wednesday before Mother's Day, and uh, she really lived a wonderful 93 years. Mom walked after the Lord and just loved the Lord and was such an example to us. If you would have heard my own children eulogize their grandmother uh, at her funeral, it would have brought a tear to your eye. Because uh, as my oldest daughter Stephanie said, uh, my uh, my mom's own grandmother to her was very, uh, let's just say, cool not very warm at all, and my mom made a determination, even as a young child, that when she became a grandparent, she was going to be loving, she was going to be warm, she was going to be exciting to the kids and involved, and that's exactly what she did. And what a difference that makes. It's not even just parents that have a big influence on children, but grandparents do as well. So I I know that we were going to be talking about it. I'm so sorry things happened as they did, and we could not do that Mother's Day show. But you wrote a book on the power of women, uh, women in the Bible. Tell us a little bit about what you would have been sharing on that episode. Well, you know, Mike, everything we're talking about and your kind words to me, from my perspective, it's all rooted in my own study of women in the Bible And there have been several women who really stand out to me as incredible role models for me to follow. And I'll share one that's a bit timely with Mother's Day, which is Hannah. And here she's a woman who struggled, unable to have a child. And that was my situation as well. And I look at her life and the Bible doesn't say a lot about her, but it's so pointed. She took her pain. She took her sorrow to God in a prayer. It's a beautiful prayer where she speaks right from the heart. It's like you can feel the raw emotion when you read it. And then there's this verse that says, she then got up, she ate, and she went on her way, and her face was no longer downcast. And I remember reading that verse many times over the last few years myself and thinking, how did this woman who had such sorrow and pain not show it on her face? How could she lift up her heart and face to the Lord and experience joy while still carrying her sorrow? And what an example of faithfulness and someone who trusted God who prayed and could then leave it with God to answer. And whatever answer came about, she was going to move forward. And then we look at her son and Mike, talk about an example of a woman who had such a powerful legacy. Her own life is reflected in her son. Samuel was a man of prayer, just like his mom. Samuel was a leader in faithfulness like Hannah was. Samuel took on those who were were religious, the priests. 
he led the people, all these things that Hannah did. And it just stands out to me as an example that if I can be faithful to Willow and trust God every day, then Willow too will hopefully get the best of what I example, and then will be a person who leads others to God. You know, Willow, you think about, you mentioned the fact that you you and your husband worked uh, at, at wanting to become parents, and it just wasn't easy. Sometimes with some couples, it happens when they're not expecting it, and they become parents, and then it's just so easy. Other couples like you, you had to pray, and you had to work, and you had to wait. And it, then, it, even still, it you guys, as I recall, it's almost like the enemy tried to take her away from you, and you away from her through that horrible accident that you had, the car wreck. And yet God's faithfulness watched over you as well, right? It's true. We had a terrible car accident. We nearly died. But you know what the enemy plans for evil, God is able to turn for good. And during that horrible time of suffering and pain in many different ways, and then a long road to recovery, Mike, I learned so much. God did form my character, and he gave me a sense that I had nothing else to lose. I mean, the enemy almost took my life in multiple ways that day. Mm -hmm. And then everything happens with the lockdowns and all these threats from the left that we should be silent, cancer culture, all of this. And I think, you know, they're threatening me, but what can they take away? The enemy already tried to take away my life and was unsuccessful. So it gave me a sense of fearlessness and a sense of focus on truth and a gratefulness in family and you know the struggle i had with willow has resulted in me being so grateful for her life every day and i know that's a gift because like every other parent i have a hard time right she pushes my patience all the time and sometimes i look at her giving me the attitude of a 13 year old at the age of three and every sentence is <laughs> but mom and i think you know it's it's a challenge, but I thank God for her life. And sometimes yes. I literally stop and pray out loud, Lord, I thank you for my willow, even though she's giving me attitude. So even that gives me so much joy and helps me through. And I think it's because I know what it's like to live without her and how desperately I prayed for her little life. Well, enjoy every uh, aspect of this season that you're in right now, because believe me, Marina, it goes by quickly. We had four kids and this year was a momentous occasion in our youngest. She became 30 years old. And so my baby is now a 30-year-old. And that is that is just crazy. I have a grandson that's 21 years old for crying out loud. So, so it is, it's, <laughs> it's like I blinked my eyes and all of those years passed. And so I am grateful. I wish I would have done an even better job than I did, but I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to enjoy my kids and I did enjoy them. I, I wish I could have been even more aware of that uh, kind of that ticking uh, clock that's going off in the background that it's not always. I think one thing that parents do often, they feel like these, it's always going to be right here. I, you know, we've got, um, we've got all this time and I can't, they can't imagine 10 years until their kid turns 12 or 13. And they think there's no way I'm mean, that 10 years may as well be a hundred years, but it's not, it flies by. It feels on the other end, more like 10 minutes. And that's exactly the truth. So enjoy every moment you can with Willow, even those difficult times. Thank God for them. Thank you, Mike. And you know, sometimes when we just laugh it off and 
and surrender our frustrations to the Lord. It's funny how many times it ends up with us both laughing and Willow forgets why she's so upset at me. (laughs) That's great. Well, tell us a bit about your book. We've got enough time in this last segment with you today. I'm so grateful that we were able to make this happen. And even though it's on the other side of Mother's Day, uh, to have those thoughts that you've just given us, so very nice, so very helpful. But uh, tell us about the book and your studies on the women in the Bible. So it's an eight-week study, and the purpose for me is to help other women and young women as well realize the models we have in these incredible women who did things in the Bible. And really, Mike, they're incredible not because they had power and status and resources. They were incredible because they said yes to God, and they were actually most of the time ordinary women, and they did ordinary things. But through that, through simple actions of faithfulness to God and a willingness to say yes, God is the one who works their lives in incredible ways. And I praise God because I feel more and more my own life as an ordinary person is an example of what can happen when we say yes to God. So we look at eight stories of women and we go verse by verse through the Bible. There's background and context and questions so people can get in a group and discuss it. And um, the book's available on Amazon, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. It's about $13. And the video series... uh, there's eight videos. They're all about six to seven minutes, and they're available completely free on my website. So you can drop that in your show notes for anyone that wants to see a personal side of my story and how I connect with these women through the videos. And if they want to dive deep into the biblical aspect and understand really who these women were and how we can follow their example, they can pick up my book. Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. And we're going to have that not only in the show notes on the podcast when it comes out, but also uh, on our Facebook page. So uh, her name is Marina Hoffman Willer. That's Marina, M-A-R-I-N-A, Hoffman, H-O-F-M-A-N, one F, and Willard, W-I-L-L-A-R-D. Marina is a professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm, And also, uh, she's been a regular contributor on this program, and I'm so grateful to have her as that. And this will not be the last time that we've had uh, you on the program. You always bring such, not only, I think, a helpful and educated uh, kind of challenge to us all, but also uh, just this delightful transparency of you're a real person, Marina, and you talk about (laughs) things from that perspective that is identifiable and I think very relatable. And that's so helpful for every mom listening. If they hear your voice talk about the struggles that you have and your need for patience, well, they can identify with that. They don't, they, they, we, none of us are perfect. We all have our days. We all have those moments where our kids are looking at us. I loved the way you said it. Our three-year-old looks at us with a 13-year-old attitude. <laughs> that was great. And those things happen to us all, don't they? Yes, Mike, it's wonderful, and it makes life easier when we can be a little bit transparent, and then others open up, and we can have these meaningful conversations. So I'm so glad to be with you and your audience today. Well, it's been a delight to have you on my program, and again, I'm grateful that while we didn't get to have that uh, show prior to Mother's Day, we were able to make it in arrears and uh, have you on the program today. It's so great, and thank you for your willingness and flexibility time-wise to make all of this happen. It's such a great opportunity to talk with you once again, Marina. Thank you. Marina Hoffman-Willard, my guest today. We'll be back in a moment for segment three here on the program. Don't go away. You're in tune to Afternoons with Mike. 
Here we are for segment three, and sitting in the studio with me is my compadre, my good friend, J.C. Derrick, from the Main Street Daily News. Welcome, man. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's really always fun to have you step in. I know we work kind of down the hall from each other. And the Main Street Daily News right now, uh, it is a wonderful uh, operation in Gainesville, a really hyper-local news that uh, is being looked at more and more and more as the go-to place to get Alachua County news. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can't say that we're, we're the dominant market player just yet, but we're, we're aiming to get there. We're breaking a lot of news, doing uh, exclusive stories and, uh, you know, all sorts of things that I think are, are, you know, building a reputation in the community. Well, I've even heard some of the leaders in the community make a statement that would go along the lines that when they want to find out what's going on, they go to you. Yes. Uh, one particularly, uh, one particular community leader and I will, uh, uh, out of deference to him, I will not say who it was, but he said, uh, boy, I read, I read like more stories from your website by order of like 10 than mm-hmm. all the other local news outlets. Yeah. So yeah. we, we really, that, I mean, that was rewarding to hear just because that's what we're striving for. You know, that we want to produce the, the, the things that people need to know who live in the area. Well, it's a wonderful thing. And if you haven't yet read it, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, uh, the email kind of reminder, the daily uh, reminder about what's going on in Main Street Daily News that day. You can find all of this by going to MainStreetDailyNews.com and you're going to be pleasantly surprised. It is well done. So tell us, uh, just generally speaking, what's happening with Main Street right now? Yeah, well, first let me just note that on the email newsletter that you mentioned, uh, that is a great resource for people. Free, straight to your inbox every day and uh, right at the top of any page on our website, the homepage, but any story or anything you click on, there will be a red banner up at the top and you can just click on that banner and that'll allow you to sign up for either the daily news email or our twice weekly sports email newsletter as well. Which oh, and Mike, Mike right on. Right oh yeah. man, he is he is such a, a treasure for North Central Florida. Been covering prep sports in the area since the '90s, um, and is one of those rare people who is like yourself, Mike, uh, someone who mm. can both write and is a great radio person. That wow, there's there are you. not too many people who can do both, but. Um, uh, the mics around here are, are definitely, <laughs> definitely two of them. So you asked what's new. Basically, um, a lot is new. We are working on a new website uh, that will literally triple the speed of our website. And so we're really excited about that. Um, that will be going live on June 1. Um, we're also getting into some other things that I'm not quite ready to announce, um, but but just some different areas of coverage. Um more robust events calendar, several different things. Uh, but one thing that I, I I do want to highlight is the fact that we are going into print this summer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about this. We firmly believe that there is still a role for print to play, um, but it's the right role. You know, we are going to continue to be a digital first operation, but we're really excited about going into print as a, a free weekly newspaper starting um, hopefully late June is, is our target launch date for that. And we've done a prototype. We're getting and it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I loved it, it. It is getting great reviews. We, we've had a lot of people who have had positive things to say about it. Um, it, it was printed uh, two two people I want to cr- or, or uh, one entity and a person I want to credit for the, the beautiful look. And that is um, Camille Broadway did a ton of work to to whip that into shape and get it to to look the way that it did 
or does, I should say. And then um, the printer we're using is in the villages. And my goodness, those folks have an amazing press. The colors are sharp. There's no bleeding. There's no, you know, it is, it is a really, really nice product. And I think people will be pleased to, yeah. to have it. The prototype that you guys put out was stunning. And I'm thinking if this is number one, as this thing develops, it's really going to be great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and, and let me just give you one more little preview. Something we're working on is we're, we're uh, planning to, to introduce augmented reality technology in, in the newspaper. So um, I, I think my, my working tagline for this thing is, is this is not your grandma's newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, you will be able to hold up your phone, not, not on every story or ad, but, but in select places will have a, uh, a QR code. You hold up your phone and it will, uh, it'll come to life. It'll wow. talk to you. Uh, for example, the, one of the ones that we've done in our prototype is um, uh, I've held up my phone and on the front uh, top story, you it's about a new restaurant that's opening. And with with the app, when it opens on your phone, you you see the, the picture pull back. You get a 360 view of the restaurant. You see the whole thing while the narrator's talking and, and on, you know, coming through the phone audio wise as well, telling you about the story. So it's really, really cool. Now, with a name like that, are they going to use the acronym ART? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so it's it's MDNAR. That's oh, what it okay. is. Yeah. yeah. Main Street Daily News, augmented reality, uh, augmented reality. OK augmented reality technology. That's what I was going with when you said that. Oh my goodness. Well, that's exciting. And I can't wait to see that. The whole thing, the advent of digital news, it really is a major step for finding news and kind of keeping up to date. Uh, it, It is to this day and age, what I believe that uh, some of the early news channels that devoted themselves, which was different for that day. I'm thinking back to a day in which, um, where headline news, for example, was actually news and not just political <laughs> thought from one particular segment of our population. But not a bunch of pundits, not a bunch of pundits yeah. on that. Right. But uh, nowadays you can't you can't hardly get away from that on a lot of these news. But to come from a, a believing standpoint for, as a believer, there are not a lot of choices to find news from a standpoint of a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. but that's what Main Street Daily News is really all about. Yeah, I mean, so a couple a couple things I would say there. Number one is um, we don't run op eds. So on the opinion uh, piece that you just mentioned, uh, we we you know we're not telling. There are constantly things going on in the community, uh, whether it's out of the county commission meeting, city commission mm-hmm. meeting, whatever. That um, you know. The Gainesville Sun, our competitor, is uh, constantly putting out uh, op-eds telling people, oh, the, the community should do this, the community should do that. You know, an open container ordinance, is it a good idea or not to be uh, drinking al- alcohol overnight hours? You know, we, we're, not, we're not taking stances on those things. We're, we're just reporting the news. What right. is going on in the community? Um, but having said that, yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we are um, motivated by our Christian beliefs to to serve the communities in which in which we live. In this case, you know, North Central Florida, Gainesville and the surrounding area. And so, um, you know, it, it is something that we we think is really important for people to have good, reliable um, information about what's going on in their governments, their schools, their communities, you know, the tough stories, uh, but also the good stories. You know, there's lots of good things happening in our communities, and those so often don't don't get covered. Um, another thing we're trying to do do well, and, and we've got room to, 
improve on this, but, but, um, is, is to cover the religion beat, you know, Mm -hmm. so often report, uh, or news outlets just, um, completely or, or, or largely, um, ignore this huge part of people's lives that, um, you know, plays a, a big role in, in our communities. And so, um, you know, we're trying to fill those gaps. You know, there was a day in the newspaper that I grew up with and in the city in Indiana that I grew up in, there was a day that on every Saturday, that newspaper ran uh, not one, but two and sometimes three pages dedicated to things of faith, things that were going on in the community, articles mm-hmm. by some of the local pastors who would write articles that were encouraging and in- inspirational, really. Right. But the thing that, that really about that day in, in news, and I think this is something we've lost, it's the issue of discernment. So when we talk about a, a worldview, you know, there should be some factors of discernment that goes into the mitigation of whether you run this story or you don't run it, and whether or not you want to take this angle or not. And I think that the reason that we don't want to get into all of that is because we really do want to be people of discernment. We want to carry, if you will, uh, these principles and the values that God has given us in our hearts. We want to make sure that we're just not playing with that. It's, it's gotta be real, right? Right, right. Absolutely. We, we, I mean, that, that reminds me of the, um, uh, it, you know, if you're, I'm sure many of your listeners are, are familiar with uh, Francis Schaefer, you know, and he oh, had yeah. this idea, uh, you know, he talked about the, the upper story and the lower story and, and how, you know, it, it, there, there really is, it's all one, you know, and, and so many people try to try to separate the sacred and secular and, mm-hmm. and it's actually all one, you know? Yeah. But we we're living in a day to where that uh, discernment over that part of the sacred is gone, mm-hmm. and we have to realize that. And it's it, there's no use denying it. And I don't think any of uh, the people that would be on that side are even trying to apologize for it. it. So really, that part is gone, and we just need to move on and realize that there are people like Main Street Daily News that are really carrying the heart and carrying the the values of the Bible, and they kind of shape and influence how we that get to write on Main Street write, and that's such a big deal. Now, tell us what are the expansion plans for Main Street Daily News? Yeah, I mean, we are, our hope long-term is to expand into a, a network of of community news websites. And so, um, we don't have our, our next market chosen yet. We're still proving our concept, uh, both in a, a, co- a content perspective, but also from a, a, uh, a you know, a, a business model perspective. We're still working on a variety of, of fronts, but, um, one thing we want to do part of our mission is we, we really want to create a, a, beyond our own company, a, a kind of a movement of community news journalism, because we feel like it's so important. And, you know, the reality is that I was looking at some uh, statistics the other day, and I was, it was just striking that only one in three Americans even has a fair amount of trust in the media. Wow. And at the same time, research is also showing that we have these uh, news deserts are proliferating. And the the problem of news deserts, the, the areas that really don't have good local coverage um, is is actually worse than we knew before. Mm-hmm. And so I saw some research that was just really striking on this stuff. Here's the big problem is that large media companies are not at all well suited 
to address those problems for, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Number one, generally it's about the bottom line uh, for these big companies. And uh, there's not always a, a ton of money to make in local community journalism. But the other problem is that local communities, many of them just simply don't trust big media. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to change. You know, um, I think Christians are uniquely suited to fill this need because they are embedded in their communities. Uh, this works just perfectly with the idea that we are, you know, from, from the Bible, we know that we have a mandate to A, love our neighbor mm-hmm. and B, promote the common good. And I think there's no better way to do that than through journalism. So to that end, some of my friends and I uh, in the journalism space, uh, Christian journalists, are are have created a, we've just launched a, a promotion of a, a program, something called the Reforming Journalism Project. And uh, for those who, who are familiar with Marvin Olasky, he and I worked together at the uh, um, World Magazine. Uh, World Magazine, yeah. right. And he wrote back in, I believe it was 2019, he wrote a book called Reforming Journalism. So that's kind of where the, where the name comes from. So we're working on this project. Uh, several other great people. There's a guy named John Garrett who started a, a network of Christian, or, I'm sorry, it's not necessarily Christian, but l- local news um, newspapers mm-hmm. that are a com- combination of online and uh, digital news and, and newspapers. But he's a Christian guy motivated by his faith to do, do what he's done. Uh, his papers have over 2 million circulation. He's been fabulously successful building this over the last 15 or so years. Mm. This is not like a legacy thing. It's a, it's a new thing in this century. So he'll be teaching uh, with us, um, but this will take place in August at Union University. So if, you, if anyone is out there is interested in creating learning how to do local journalism and maybe creating their own local news website um, anywhere in the country, uh, please go to reformingjournalism.com. Uh, check out what, what the program is all about and uh, consider applying. Maybe tell a friend about it as well. You know, we need people. We need young people stepping up to the plate that are believers that want to get involved in this. And this is a great opportunity for anybody to check out. And maybe they're thinking about going to school and or getting trained to become a writer, this would be a great place for them to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Marvin Olasky was a, te- he taught, uh, he was a professor at the journalism school at UT Austin for 25 years. Um, some of the others have amazing experience, graduated from top 10 journalism schools. And uh, there's, there's a lot of r- really good talent there that will be teaching on both the, the basics of content, journalism, writing, and so on, but also uh, the business aspects as well. So it should be a great week. 20 seconds. Give us the web address for Main Street Daily News. MainStreetDailyNews.com is where you can find uh, great news on North Central Florida. And then ReformingJournalism.com is where you can go to learn more about the project coming in August. JC Derrick, thank you for dropping by. And thank you, friends, for being with us on yet another Afternoons with Mike. We'll catch you next time right here on The Shepherd.